Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Kim Grenolds of dogman.com with Chris Cartman from Sun Devil Source. End of an era, end of a rivalry, Chris Cartman, no more trips to the desert. Tell me it's not true. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. You know, I'm I'm lamenting the end of the Pac-12, just like a lot of people. It's so interesting that we get the best college football from the Pac-12 the year that it ends. It's so, like, befitting of this nonsense journey that we've been on uh, for in recent years, right? Yeah, I'm I'm down in Tucson a couple of weeks ago and I'm thinking, okay, I don't get to come down here anymore where it's 85 degrees at kickoff and I'm going to go to Iowa City, Bloomington, Indiana, <laughs> East yeah. Lansing. Um, I'm, and I'm going, what the hell are we doing? So where are you looking forward to going to next year, Chris? Yeah, I mean, at least we're knocking off new cities right on the college football bingo card so you got ames iowa morgantown <laughs> west virginia <laughs> we'll see wake ray andrew wake up hey you can yeah, stop yeah, by I, you can stop by bucky's well look we just <laughs> we're doing the best we can kim Oh, my, my, um, I tell the story, my uh, son did an Ironman last year down in Waco, and he said the most miserable part was when he was going by the stadium down there in Baylor, and I had a football game on, and Baylor was on, and he goes, turn it off, Dad, turn it off, (laughs) so, but, uh, yeah, can you drive to any of those games down in Texas, or is that just too far? That is definitely too far, Uh, the, the, the only thing that's sort of redeemable, uh, is you can fly in direct from Phoenix to Austin, and it's like about an hour and a half drive uh, to to Waco. And of course, you get uh, Houston is in the conference. So I'm a big barbecue fan. So at least we're going to get some you know good barbecue stops and see some new cities. But it's not it's not as user friendly, and I don't think it's going to be as enjoyable. And you lose a lot of the tradition and 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 whatnot but um you also understand why all these teams have left because the pac-12 was so poorly managed uh, for many years what are you gonna miss more eugene corvallis or pullman um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say eugene um i think the game atmosphere is really great there couple restaurants that I kind of like going to you can also get a direct flight there on American Airlines which then cuts out uh some of the driving if you're able to book that early enough and get the, get a good price on that a lot of people didn't really realize that that was possible until a few years ago when they made that available so the last couple of times that I've gone up there I, I've uh I've actually enjoyed that the Pullman thing I that's like my least favorite um 
the uh, you the games at seven o'clock, seven thirty at night on a, in November, and you're driving back on on frozen roads with no lights, and it's three o'clock in the morning. Um, definitely not. <laughs> it's special in Pullman. I drive to Spokane. Yeah, well, I the that that Spokane to Pullman thing, I'm not just not a fan of those uh, <laughs> the Palouse. I mean, no offense. I mean, the the fans are cool and the games are tend to be kind of fun there, but uh, I'm not going to miss not going to uh, Corvallis or which has been a lot of a bunch of foggy roads on that I five trip back to Portland or or uh, or going to to uh, Spokane. Um, I'm good on those ones, Kim. Arizona State's athletic director, Ray Anderson, I shake my head sometimes. How does he still have a job? Nobody really understands that. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about <laughs> some some uh, things that he may have, like, to pull out of his back pocket. Uh, but uh, it's it's weird. Uh, he gave Herm Edwards $4.4 million to go away, who is his good friend, uh, that he represented when he was an NFL agent, he could have fired him for cause with this NCAA investigation quite easily, even maybe repurpose that money for uh, paying ASU's way out of a one-year postseason ban. doesn't matter anyways, because the team's not good and they weren't going to get there. But it just kind of speaks to the poor management that's taken place. Um, and this is the this is a historically bad two year stretch for ASU football, probably the worst ever, uh, at least in modern history. By the end of this season, uh, f- the fan interest and booster sentiment and contributions and NIL they've all been affected by this, even with the first year head coach. And uh, I, I really think that if Anderson left, either on his own or he was fired by the the president Michael Crow. That would that would really sort of lead to a reemergence uh, of energy and excitement, um, but I just don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. It, I, I took a poll one time on Twitter. There was a few thousand respondents, and it was like ninety three percent said that he should no longer be ASU's AD. Like you can't on the internet, you can't get uh, more of a consensus on literally anything than that. I, I hate playing the blame game, but. Do you blame more Ray Anderson or Michael Crow for keeping Ray Anderson? I blame Michael Crow more. Um, it's just that you know how it is. The university's a three, four billion dollar enterprise, and athletics are a hundred and something million dollar piece of that. And so people that say that Crow should lose his job over this, I think that they're smoking something. Um, he's done a very good job as ASU's president. It's just really unfortunate that his vision for athletics is very flawed. And he is also one of the people that was the biggest reasons that the PAC 12 folded. He, he, he ushered in uh, Larry Scott, as you remember, was one of his biggest champions. Uh, Then, then you fast forward 2019, he's told the Arizona Republic that other conferences were going to wonder how the PAC 12 got ahead of them in the next round of the media rights negotiations. And so everything that he has said about athletics has been wrong. And so he, he's also the person who employed Ray Anderson, uh, kept him, kept him in the job, allowed him to hire Herm Edwards. So he is more to blame. Um, And a lot of people sort of think that Ray Anderson's like his shield that he that he uses, which may be one of the reasons why he's still uh, in the job. But um, 
they both they both have made just monumental mistakes in athletics that uh, have contributed to ASU being in the situation that it's in right now. When the Pac-12 needed leadership the most, the two guys that were running the conference was uh, Ray Anderson at uh, Arizona State and Mike, excuse me, Michael Crow and Ed Ray. Arizona State and Oregon State were running the conference when they needed it. Those were the two most influential schools in the conference. It still, still blows my mind. And, and that's why there's not really going to be a Pac-12 conference anymore. So yeah. uh, that's really, really a shame. But uh, I think it's just, it's fair of us to point out these things because they are just the the, the 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 bare facts of the situation. But d- did he make the right hire in Kenny Dillingham? Uh, that's to be determined. Um, I, I will say that uh, Dillingham has great support locally. He was the, the favorite candidate. He also was very much outside of the the comfort zone of what Crow would typically be willing to do. He he's a a resume guy. He wants to see an impressive CV, you know, to use a an outdated term. Um, but the thing that some of the things that Dillingham has that recent coaches at ASU did not. Uh, he he understands the school, the uh, the area. Uh, he's you know from here, grew up here. Uh, he graduated from ASU. He has coached in the conference. Uh, he also has coached other places in major college football. He understands it like uh, innately in in a way that doesn't need to be learned, which was really a problem that other coaches had, either um, having never been at the Power Five level before, before or not much, or never even coached in college football recently, or they had done so de- decades ago in the case of somebody like Dennis Erickson. Um, so the learning curve is is basically zero. And then also the his ability to relate and connect to players, I think, is quite good. Uh, he has a good balance between challenging and pushing uh, his team, but then also uh, embracing them and sort of, you know, hugging them and, and making them feel like uh, they're, they're in it together. So, uh, the season has been extremely disappointing for, for quite a few reasons, which we could get into, but, um, I, I, I like him as a person. I think that there's a lot of redeemable aspects to him as a coach. He's also been a coordinator at the highest level called plays at Oregon last year. He he knows scheme. He understands recruiting, the transfer portal. So there's a lot of things that translate to the ability to win, but there are plenty of other areas where ASU is still deficient and could cause problems. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
with a one of five Arizona coming in, Arizona State coming into Washington, who is six and zero ranked, uh, you know, top ten in the country. And Washington last year came down to the desert, and funny things always happen down in the desert. And Washington walked out of there with a loss. How much different is this Arizona team, Arizona State team, different than what Washington faced a year ago? Yeah, it's extremely different. Um, the uh, they have fifty more than fifty new scholarship players, which is by far a record. Um, they have 30 division one transfers. Um, they probably will start, uh, two thirds of their starters will be new. Some of the guys will be very familiar. Some of the highest, highest profile players, Trenton Bourget in that game came off the bench when Emory Jones got hurt at quarterback. And he played a really good game against Washington's, uh, defense, which, Played a lot more cover four, I think, than is maybe um, done this year. I, um, it might be a tangent, but I think Washington's defense looks a fair amount better to me, both in scheme and execution of its scheme this year, uh, building on from last year. And so I don't think that those opportunities in the passing game are going to be as easy for Borgay, who also has Elijah Badres, who's top receiver from last year, and Jalen Conyers, top tight end from last year, back. Um, the problems for ASU offensively really are that its offensive line is uh, in in really bad shape right now. Um, they will not have five or six of their top eight players due to injuries or other issues in this game. And so they're, they'll start a true freshman at left guard. They'll start a junior college player who only who never even played football in high school at right tackle. Um, and they, uh, their running back situation is not very good. They had their longest run from scrimmage this year is 18 yards, which is crazy from Cameron Scadaboo, who's a Sacramento state transfer who's a very good FCS player, but from an athletic standpoint, he's below average in the pac 12, which, uh, exacerbates the problems that you have with their offensive line. They're not going to be able to really hold up and protect very well. And so, Borgay has to get the ball out of his hands extremely quickly. He doesn't have a big arm, so there's not going to be a lot of downfield opportunities either. He's going to have to complete like 35 passes or something like that uh, just to give ASU any sort of a chance to to have a decent offense. And then defensively, uh, Washington fans will be able to remember the Washington State defense from last year um very successful game i think for for the huskies that 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 was against asu's current defensive coordinator brian ward and it's a very different uh defense from a personnel standpoint they do have a few players back um who are important pieces like bj greens one of their top defensive linemen and roe torrance is a corner who starts uh, uh chris edmonds is a safety who starts but uh but really quite a few uh, division one transfers and then some other guys who have sort of risen up uh, to play. And they've done a pretty good job actually, overall, like this is a good, this is a a decently good uh, to, to, to very good defense. Actually. It's just that for whatever reason, they haven't been able to generate turnovers. And one of the biggest things that's led to ASU being one in five is their last in the country in turnover margin and last in turnover generation, which is also quite atypical for for a Brian Ward defense, and it's been a little bit perplexing. Did I see it right that uh, they've moved defensive linemen over to offensive line? They did. Uh, Sam Benjamin, he's like their sixth defensive tackle, I would say, fifth or sixth. And just as an emergency option, they moved him over because they will not travel 
more than half of their scholarship offensive linemen because of injuries and illnesses. Um, it is, it is as bare bones as I have seen it in 20 years covering ASU. Uh, this is the, the, uh, the, the scariest situation that they, that they've been in. Now they are getting back Isaiah glass. They're starting left tackle at the beginning of the season and last season uh, from a foot injury that had kept them out for like four games. Um, so that's a positive, but they, 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 they're getting one guy, but they're losing two other guys to injuries. So, uh, and they already had a few guys that were out, including their starting right tackle and the to a season ending injury uh, early in the year. So it is a, it's a dangerous situation uh, going into uh, this game in Seattle. With uh, the injuries at Arizona State, with all the turnovers, the new personnel, first-year head coach, and Washington being motivated, probably not going to let down after losing to Arizona State last year. This just seems like this could get ugly fast. Well, um, I'm just so impressed by Washington's offense, um, as everybody would be, right? They're leading the country in – passing yards by over 70 that's unbelievable at the midway point of the season their first in yards per pass attempt they are among the top three or four in 30 plus yard explosive plays and yet somehow they are among the fewest sacks allowed teams in the country and i've watched a few of their games very closely now to prepare for saturday and the offensive line is far and away the best that asu has seen this season probably will see all season uh, Michael Penix Jr. as good as any quarterback in the country. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I was the leading candidate for the Heisman Trophy right now. Um, and even though ASU's defense has been pretty good, they're going to give up big plays. They're going to give up points. There's really no way around that. And I just don't envision any scenario in which ASU offensively is going to be able to keep pace. And so. Uh, the line is like 26 or 27 points. Um, you know, I, I think ASU's defense could be good enough to maybe cover that, but I don't see really any scenario in which ASU doesn't lose by a pretty comfortable margin with 20, 20 or more points. ASU's known, they usually bring a pretty good contingent up here to Seattle. It's a night game, which you guys are pretty much used to. So, but, uh, I hate night games by the way, but, uh, any uh, what are you anticipating crowd wise traveling? Are you hearing that you're going to have a contingent up here, or what do you think? Yeah, th- definitely there'll be some fans. Um, I don't think it's going to be as as many traveling as have done so when ASU's been good, uh, you know, winning team on the back end of its uh, schedule, um, and that's sort of understandable. But there, this is a rare year where ASU only has four road games which also, by the way, makes its one in five record that much more sort of unbelievable. But because of that, I think a lot of fans are, uh, they had circled sort of one trip that they want to take. It's very, very common. And this year, that trip is, I think, for most people, either Utah or Washington. Um, So I, I, you know, you might get more than even I had kind of expected. It's hard to sort of take your, the pulse of that exactly. But I, I don't think it's going to be as mu- as many as, as normal, but it won't be as bad as I think um, the record might indicate. 
the outlook going forward? You know, what's the uh, what's the outlook? You know, for the rest of this year, looking into next year, moving to the new conference, is this a positive feeling amongst ASU football fans, or is it wait and see? What what's your gut tell you on the the pulse of the fan base right now? Yeah, uh, people were very excited about the addition of Dillingham. Um, that contrasts pretty starkly with the sentiment about Ray Anderson continuing stewardship of the department and even what Michael Crow's done. Um, people were extremely frustrated with the PAC 12 and uh, I would say ASU fans are probably 70, 80% uh, pleased that, that, that the school is going to the big 12 given the circumstances while also sort of uh, bittersweet, uh, to lose a lot of the tradition and rivalries and things that people really enjoyed and just kind of sad about how how, how poorly managed the, the Pac-12 was. Um, but there's trepidation because the Big 12 has a lot more NIL money and a lot, uh, just a tremendous amount of passion, a lot of uh, college towns that uh, where their their football and basketball programs are the most important things on their campuses. And that is not really the same for nearly as as high a percentage of ASU fans. And so there's a I'm putting up a story today about how ASU is really behind an NIL related to its peers and um, how that kind of has to change. You know, as you know, it's it's a it is the elephant in the room in college athletics. Like you're not getting guys, you're going to lose a lot of your best players to higher profile programs. And you're going to have a hard time getting talent from the transfer portal. If you don't have a, an NIL collective or whoever uh, your, your, your benefactors are uh, uh, supporting that to a large degree. And um, so there is a lot of trepidation amongst ASU fans about where they're at at this current state, at this current you know place uh, and time. And uh, things could take a they could take a negative turn if uh, if things don't change. One more non non football question. Moving over to basketball, Bobby Hurley. We hear every year he's leaving or <laughs> not going to be the coach. What's the uh, status of Bobby Hurley uh, moving forward? Yeah, I think um, had he been given a much a, a clearly better job opportunity back east, I think he probably would have left um, a couple years ago, three years ago. Um, this year, this offseason, I don't really think that was as much of a conversation here. Uh, made the NCAA tournament and had a pretty good team. Uh, lost a very close game to TCU, which, which was also a very good team. The the um, but but what happened is uh, to build off of what I my, my last point, uh, ASU lost multiple players from its roster uh, due to NIL largely. So Warren Washington was their starting center. He was expected to be back. Uh, he left to go to Texas Tech, where he's going to make like three times more money in NIL. And uh, ASU lost another uh, uh, Devon Cambridge to Oregon, who. Um, it was would have also been one of their better players, and so they have um, they have nine. Though they have ten of their thirteen scholarship players are new, including seven Division One transfers. And some of those guys are they do look like they're pretty good. And I think they got a steal, and actually a couple of them 
from uh, some of the practice access that we've had so far, although minimum. But um, I don't think that they're, I predict they'd finish sixth in the conference this year in my preseason media poll. Uh, I think they're going to be a middle of the road team, but you know they could be scrappy and maybe uh, give themselves a chance to push up into NCAA tournament contention again. But the this this NIL thing, especially when you're going to go to the Big Twelve, I looked at um, the Open Doors, which is a, this NIL sort of uh, uh, technology uh, company. Uh, I, I saw the the data that they provide to all of the. Uh, uh, schools collectives and it the big 12 basketball top 20 players across all positions make four or five times more money than in the pac 12 so that is the reality that you're that you're moving into and if you don't have find a way to to, to address that you're you're gonna just languish at the bottom of that conference i keep on saying chris it's a new world every other month <laughs> <laughs> it really is it really we it just and we're not getting any younger kim let's be honest about i it. am hi the, 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 the things the things they just keep uh happening so we just try to stay on top of it as best we can right yeah that's all we can do chris thanks for jumping on uh you can find chris at uh, sun devil source he's the arizona state publisher on the 24 7 network thanks for jumping on chris absolutely see you on saturday okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.